Good morning, Christchurch. I grew up looking forward to Saturday nights. They were the nights we all as a family got into our pyjamas straight after tea, closed the curtains, turned up the volume on the TV and pretended we were in the cinema as we watched a film as a family with loads of popcorn and sweets. I wonder how many films we as a family watched over those years, but some key films really stand out in my mind. And not for good reasons, but because I wish they had ended 10 minutes before they actually did. You know the ones, don't you? The film has gone through the action and the storyline and you get to about 10 minutes before the end and everything seems to have worked out. But then... Suddenly, something else happens and it ends in a really sad or disappointing way. If only I just hadn't watched the last 10 minutes, I would have gone to bed thinking it was a happy film where everything had ended up just as I would have hoped. You will be able to name a few of those films, I'm sure. Now, the book of Ezra and Nehemiah feels the same. Remember that those books are split into two in our Bibles, but they are originally one book. And let's just take a quick look back over that book as a whole, because in Ezra's chapters one through six, Zerubbabel has rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem, the place of worship and sacrifice for the people of Israel. We then get to the book of Nehemiah in our Bibles, and Nehemiah prays to God. He hears from him to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the city walls. And as we saw in those first few weeks, he has such blessing as the king allows him to go from where he was. Down to Jerusalem gives him safe passage and even funds the build. Nehemiah then rebuilds the wall, whilst also helping those in needs in that city. Now, in the midst of the rebuilds, as we see later on in Nehemiah, Ezra leads the Israelites on a Torah marathon, reading from the Torah for seven days. And the Israelites listen. They listen to the word of the Lord and are convicted of their past sin. And they make an agreement with God to obey the Torah, following God's ways, as we see in chapter 10, verse 29. Then, as we saw last week, the Israelites worship and praise God together, thanking God for his goodness and his blessing upon them as they look upon the rebuilt wall and dedicates it to God. You know, let's end there. Let's end the book of Nehemiah in chapter 12. The walls and the temple of Jerusalem are rebuilt. The people are spiritually in a really good place. They are convicted of their sin. They know what they need to do to obey God. And they have spent time in praise and worship to the gods, as we see, as it says in chapter 9, verse 31, who is gracious and merciful. This is the end we would love to see. Yet the book of Ezra Nehemiah doesn't end in chapter 12. We have this 13th chapter. 
And what do we see in chapter 13? Well, we see those three key events that have happened in the story are undone. We see Nehemiah go on a tour of the city of Jerusalem. And he sees, firstly, that Zerubbabel's work is now undone because the temple is being neglected, staffed by unqualified people. We see this in chapter 13, verses 4 through to 13. Nehemiah is on his tour and he secondly sees that Ezra's work is being compromised because the people are violating the Torah and the commitment they have just made. And the people are working on the Sabbath. It says this in verse 17 of chapter 13. What is this wicked thing you are doing? Desecrating the Sabbath day. And we see further examples in chapter 13 from verses 15 through to 22. And then thirdly, it seems that Nehemiah's work in rebuilding the walls has been undone because the walls are not being used for their intended purpose. And once again, the people are compromising the Torah as they use the walls for work on the Sabbath. Now, we know Nehemiah now, don't we? We have walked this journey over these past few weeks and really got to know him. And we know he couldn't have just walked by on his tour of the city without doing something. So we see a slight glimmer of hope that at each at the end of these sections in chapter 13, Nehemiah again tries to put the people straight. He puts new people in charge of the temple. And he puts the Levites in charge of ensuring the Sabbath laws are kept. But this isn't the ending that any of us would have wanted to see. We would have liked to have seen the story end on a high. Yet the story ends in a place of disobedience, sin, complacency and selfishness. Now this all seems too familiar, doesn't it? Because each story seemingly in the Old Testament ends this way. We know that God is good and faithful to his people, the Israelites. God gives the people the Torah so they can live their life set apart as his people, living differently so that other nations can see that there is something different about God's people. Yet the people fail. Time and time again. God raises up different people. We call them prophets to remind the people of God's faithfulness in saving them and his goodness in giving them the Torah to follow and be set apart. Yet they simply can't follow these laws. They can't follow the commandments. They are not obedient to the God who is gracious and merciful. And this story of Ezra and Nehemiah is the same. But don't think this is the end of the full story. Because God made a way for his people, his children, me and you, to be made right before him. Even though as a people we are the same, 
as those that we see in the story of Nehemiah. We are all sinful. We are all disobedient, selfish and complacent. Nothing has changed in our human nature from the time of Nehemiah. But what did God do? Well, fast forward a few hundred years on from Nehemiah to Jesus. God sent Jesus because he loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John three sixteen. Each and every one of us, even though we mess up, can be saved can be made whole, can be made holy in the sight of our God if we, as it says in Romans 10, confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Many of you hearing this will have done that and know the joy that it is to know the risen Lord Jesus personally, intimately in your life. But if you don't know that joy today and you resonate with those people you have heard about in the story of Nehemiah, your life can radically change today, right now. Fill out that form that Tabs and Hetty spoke about before. The link is in the YouTube description. Tell us that this is a step you want to make in your life, that you want to make Jesus the centre of your life, that you trust in him and want to serve him. And we will be in contact with you. Now, for those of us who have made that commitment, there must be lessons There must be things that we can take from chapter 13 in Nehemiah. I think there are many, but I'm going to focus on only one. And it is this. Our consistent, faithful and obedient apprenticeship to Jesus Christ. Cast your mind back to the time when you didn't know Jesus personally in your life. The time before you would put your trust in him and then reflect back on God's story in your life. God's story of rebuilding you, rebuilding you into the person he created you to be. Someone who is in relationship with him. And you may reflect back and think that your life, your wall was like that of Jerusalem's. Your life was in disrepair, in pieces scattered across the floor. Yet that day when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, God came into your life and made you whole. He fully and utterly rebuilt you. That is the story we must tell. The story that God is the rebuilder. And then... We all go along a journey of apprenticeship, similar to that of the people we find in Nehemiah. We commit our lives to God, to Jesus, and the way that he calls us to live. We worship him, we honour him. And that is where 
for us all, my hope and prayer is that our journey continues on in that vein until we meet Jesus face to face on the day of resurrection. Daily, we are committing our lives to Jesus, call upon our lives as we worship him, as we honour him, as we walk with him. But like the book of Nehemiah, many of our lives have this chapter 13. They don't continue on through the high of chapter 12 till our dying day. And there are times in our life that we drift from the Lord. We centre our lives not on his words and of his spirits, but on worldly things. The walls in our life that God has rebuilt don't seem to be used for his purposes, but for worldly gain. And it is at that point that we need to repent. We need to turn once again to Jesus and seek him in all we do. Galatians 5 says this, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Verse 25. Keep in step with Jesus. Keep in step with his Spirit. Keep in step with his word. Keep in step with his hope, his love and his joy over our lives. And as September brings about a new start, is today the day for you to say yes to Jesus for the first time? Or is today the day to turn once again to Jesus, committing your rebuilt life to keep in step with him, to walk your life on a journey with him, our teacher, our master and our Lord? My prayer is that we are a chapter 12 people. And that we don't drift into being a people who live like the people of Israel that we see in chapter 13. Walk in step with the Spirit and obedience in faith. Recommit today to living your life wholeheartedly for the service of Jesus Christ. And see how God will further enhance your walls for the rebuilding of his kingdom here on earth. Amen.